This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Look back for Arfield! What a bowling! Scott Arfield! He's been threatening that recently! And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end! Burnley win the next ball, it's Rory now. On the outside, he's... Quickly finds Benson in space at the byline. Can Burnley get a goal here? Back for Brownell. Saved by the keeper. Yeah! Burnley won it to the end. That is magnificent. They deserve that. Only by Paul Fatella. Off for a hat trick. He's got it. Hat trick for Nathan Teller. Oh, he's on fire at the minute. 3-0 Burnley. It's Nathan Teller's day. Can he go on the outside? Comes inside. Comes on the shot. Oh, what a goal! Manuel Benson once more. That is top class. Burnley have done it. Fantastic. Clarence deserved the championship title. They've been the best side throughout the campaign. Burnley have won the second tier. What a fantastic achievement. The players have been magnificent. Yes, hello everybody and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast. Full-time show with me, Joe Redmond, after Burnley's dramatic draw at home to Fulham yesterday, which left a lot of us with mixed emotions, really, because uh, the performance for the majority of the game wasn't good enough, but we're obviously happy to come back and happy to see us get a point. But again, on the grand scheme of things, the result isn't good enough. And with Liverpool and Arsenal up next, the gap is only going to why do? But as you can see, as always, I am joined by Sam from Claret's Roundup and Neil the Man Layfield from Neil Layfield. How are you doing, boys? Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sam, come on, explain to the listeners and the viewers what's going on with the sling there, mate. What have you done? Oh, uh, dislocated my shoulder, everyone. Uh, oh, I'm all right man. now, but it was uh, throwing my hands up in the air after second Fulham goal. Uh, just popped <laughs> out. Uh, no, to be fair, I, uh, 
Played football yesterday. Not a great tackle, obviously. Can't That's exactly what Suey says, by the way. You don't. Oh, come on. Too much suing, mate. Too much yeah. suing, honestly. No. Played football yesterday. Bit of a dirty tackle. Can't help being leads. the best, can you? So. Dirty leads. <laughs> Neil, how are you, my friend? You're on, you're on mute. You are on mute, Neil. I will point out that. There you go. Hey, yeah. Solid start from Neil. A solid start from Neil. Uh, I'm good, mate. I've got a bit of stub talk, but I don't like oh, to. No, you don't like to. We don't want to. I do feel for you, mate. Stub tours yeah. yeah. are the worst. Are the was, worst. Uh, little tour as well. On, oh. oh, that's oh. horrendous. That, mate. That is Bless you, mate. Horrendous. Bless you, mate. Yeah. I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> um, but no, it's good to see the boys here after they've been in the wars. Um, I'll be honest, I, I did not expect to see Sam. I thought he was going to be out for the count for a couple of weeks. I've never dislocated my shoulder before, but I would suspect that uh, it hurts very much. So I don't think I'd have done it uh, personally. Uh, good to see the comments coming in. Simon says, morning, fellas. Morning, Simon. Ginger Rally says, good morning, Hughes. He's meant to say, guys, uh, good morning, guys. Jorge Rodriguez is in the chat. If, for those of you that don't know, he's an American that was over here, uh, is still over here, um, and is in Burnley. Um, so let me know how your day went. I'll get you, I'll, I'll read your comments out, mate. Good to see you. Hope you had a good day yesterday, despite, I'm going to say, despite the result. Um, but obviously, it, I'm sure it left with a, a good feeling afterwards. Um, after the the, the two two, uh, yeah, Sui, we've already seen that. Oliver Briggs says good morning. Jay Hartley says morning, chaps. Jamie says morning, gents. The true Reds in the chat. Morning, mate. Burnley season says morning, lads. Good point yesterday, but I don't really think it's good enough. Yeah, we'll get into all that, mate. Always Clarence in the chat. Thank you for the match reaction, mate. Um, really do appreciate it. And Andy Hayes is in the chat. He says everyone is going to be talking about Fafana, and they should. But the only positive from the first half was Foster. Um, I thought the new, the other new lad did all right in the first half. Asignon, apart from that's how I'm going to say his name every time, by the way, because that's how you say French words. You've got to shout them with aggression. I thought he played all right, apart from letting the ball go out uh, for a corner. Um, but before we do get started, I will get Sam and Neil's thoughts on the game in just a second. Excuse me, but I just want to remind you all that Turfcast Podcast full-time show is officially sponsored by Wavecar Finance. Wavecar Finance are a local car finance company who specialise in getting you your dream car through their fantastic one-to-one personalised service. Their finance-first approach ensures that you can secure the very best finance in a deal tailored to suit you, and they can even settle any existing finance agreement and swap your current car into a new one. And to celebrate this brilliant new partnership between Wavecar Finance and Turfcast, if you mention Turfcast Podcast to them, they will give you a voucher worth up to £200 to spend at the Burnley FC Cup shop on completion of your finance deal. So why not pop down to their stunning showroom in Waller or give them a call uh, you can even send them an email or message them on social media to start your new car adventure today. And don't forget to mention Turfcast because you basically get £200 worth of Burnley FC merchandise for free. Right, then, lads, let's get into it. Neil, we'll start with you, as we know. Let Sam stew for a bit. Um, yeah. Thoughts on um, the uh, result yesterday, mate, and the performance? I think given how bad the first half was, I think we can be happy with a point, which is sort of the point you made. Um on Twitter. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was shocking, weren't it? The first half looked like that was it. That was down and out. Um, everyone looked clueless. Um, Vinny looked clueless. Um, Foster was immense, by the way. Yeah, he's played half. well. 
Um, he actually thought, flicked a header on for himself at one point. He flicked yeah, it on. Yeah. Realized there was no one else giving a shit. Then he when ran on and, and tried to get it, which was hilarious. Yeah, when I said everyone looked like they'd given up and didn't have a clue, apart from him, because he, he looked like he was ready to grab the game by the scuff of the neck and, and, and try and do something. And Swords, dare I say, captain qualities. Well, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to bring you on to this now. Uh, AJ Claret says, loved seeing Foster lead the half-time huddle on the pitch. Looked like he was the only one with some passion. Like, yeah. I obviously saw the half-time huddle from where I was at, but I didn't see who leading it or what was how it looked. But from what I've seen on Twitter, Foster was the one doing all the talking, whereas Browner was just... I will not. say about half-time huddles, right, I don't want to sound all Roy King, but do that in the changing room. I, I, I agree. I it's agree. Not, it's, it's for the cameras. Um, but uh, but if someone's leading the, the huddle there, they've probably led the half-time team talk. To yeah, so I think Foster showed some real leadership. Um, yeah. I think the goals were just abysmal. Um We've said enough. We've said enough about about Trafford, right? And I've I've criticised him in the past for not coming off his line, but every time he has come off his line, he's been done. So can I please ask him to not come off his line again now? Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, defensively, we're shambles, and um, I saw it on social media that we've. It might have been even usual. I can't remember. But we have a Premier League Hall of Famer as a manager, the centre half, and we look like we don't know what defence is at times. Um, and then second half, I don't know what happened. Um, just a different team come out the second half and they actually showed the, the grit and the passion and the fight that we actually have needed all season. But um, with the games coming up, a point's not good enough because that's on paper a winnable game. Fulham are missing a few players. I think if they're already beaten them this season. Yeah, obviously, like you said, Jimenez is missing. Wilson was missing. There's a few at AFCON. Well, so for really, that was an opportunity given that the next two games we can pretty much Guarantee we're getting now from. Um, and we are fast running a lot of games now um, in the league because we've got, what, two months and then it's like, we'll probably be down. So, um, yeah, it wasn't a, a good to get a point after that performance, but in the grand scheme of things, a point's no good. Um, yeah, don't disagree with any of that, to be honest with you, mate. <clears throat> it, it, it's like I said, it's mixed emotions because you're happy that you've got a point. But in yeah. the grand scheme of things, uh, a point is it? It had to be minimum win yesterday. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and even with a win yesterday, I, I can't, can't personally see us getting out of it. The most annoying thing for me is when you see, obviously, we'll get onto company starting lineups because that's the most baffling thing. And we'll probably touch on the transfer window. But Luton were absolutely unreal at Newcastle. And they were supposed to come up and be the Premier League's whipping boys, but they're playing to their strengths, and I don't get why we are so easy to beat. I, I just it, it's so we make it too easy for the opposition, and technically we're a better well, we were a better team than Luton, so we should be doing that sort of performance. They're doing what everyone thought we would be doing. Yeah, and that's the most frustrating thing is that we're huffing and puffing away to get a one-all draw with Fulham at home, and they're nearly won at St James where we got dominated, and it's just. That made it worse for me. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the league table now before it loads, I think Luton, they're not only out the relegation zone now, they are as high as, um, yeah. yeah, 16th. Yeah. So Luton are the one that's uh, going for it. But uh, yeah, there's some chat here in the chat about uh, the potential of what we're going to need to stay up. We've got 
16 games left. I was talking to this uh, someone on WhatsApp messenger the other day. Uh, he was saying, oh, there's still a chance. You never know. And I'm like, mate, there's there's 16 games left or whatever. We're going to need to win eight of them or minimum seven and draw four. Like, we've won three all season. I don't understand how some people are still in there. Oh, you never know. We might we might turn it round. It's, it's gone, lads and lasses. It, we're not staying up this season. Now it's all about, <clears throat> I don't know, just, just not embarrassing ourselves for the rest of the season, I think, uh, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, don't really disagree with any of that, Neil. Keep your comments coming in and we'll get them up on the screen um, as they can. Yeah, sorry, 50. That's even worse then. It's just not going to happen, is it? We need to win more than half of the games left. Um, but yeah, Sam, your thoughts on yesterday, please, mate? Just not good enough, really, is it, mate? That's fair. Like, you can have a... We've done it all season. Like, we're a, we're a one... We're so different from the team of last year than we were this year. The team of last year, if you have a bad first half performance, you would know though. And we just haven't scored. Like, and then you come out in the second half and you know how to go firing. A bad first half or a bad second half in our terms now is you 2 0 down at half time and you're lucky to get a draw. Yes, yeah. second half performance was better and that's fine. But why do we have to go through 45 minutes of absolute dross in order to get to half-time for company to finally rally the players and they finally get going? Why can we never seem to start a game on the front foot and really take a game to a team all the way through? The only team we've done that to this season is Sheffield United, and they are the worst team in the division, closely followed by us. Because we were, we are absolutely awful at the moment. We did so yeah. well to come back and make it 2-2. But it is just overshadowed by another shocking first full half. We didn't create anything in the first half. We show such a disjointed style of football in the first half. We had no pattern of play. The goals we conceded were so sloppy. Like, front post from a corner. That is shocking. Trafford is so far off his line to say he's not even the closest player to the ball. Like, there's a defender that's in front that should be challenging the ball before Trafford even comes off his line. And that second goal, anyone that's blaming Andouni for letting the ball get played back over the top, there's four defenders in that defensive line and all four of them watched the ball go over the red before they reacted. Like... Honestly, we've got 15 games left. We need to win seven. It ain't happening. We just need to plan for next season. Can I just say, 15 games left and we we need to win seven is assuming that other results go our way as well. Yeah, exactly. We we got a draw at Fulham, right? If we we get a draw in that game and Luton don't get anything, you're one point closer to them. So you feel like you've gained something. They've drawn again and that seems to happen every time. We pick up points, they match our results. Like we have absolutely, we are still banking on Forest and Everton getting a points deduction, and if they get a points deduction, they're still above us. So what what does that say about how bad we've been this season? You could everybody. We said it at the start of the year, and I said it four games into the season. It doesn't matter how good you think it's going to be. You could see it in the first three or four games. This team didn't have the fight, didn't have the understanding of the tactics from day one. So we're just now seeing the exact same situation. We're a young, naive team with a manager that hasn't managed at this level. In no way, shape or form do I want company to go. But the whole se- this whole season has just been naivety 
from the board to the manager to the players. And us as fans, are unfortunately, we're getting the brunt of it because we have to sit through and watch this this type of football and go into games not confident. So we're 15, 15 games left and I can see three people on this screen that don't think that we're going to get seven wins. And I can see 60-odd people watching the stream. Probably five of them think we're going to win seven. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, there's someone in um, there's someone on Facebook, uh, Twitter that, that does keep saying, oh, you never know. If these get the points deductions, we'll still only need, we might only need four wins. But after what? How many games have we played now? 23. After 23 games, we've won three games. So what? Even if we only have to win five more games between now and the end of the season, the turnaround in form has got to be astronomical. It's just not going to happen. It, it would be the greatest of great escapes if we stayed up from this stage. Also look at the teams we've got to play as well. So we've got Arsenal-Liverpool coming up. Exactly. Them. So the, you, you can write them off, like you say. So we have realistically, what, eight, get nine games? <laughs> points up in? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you've got to win all of them, pretty much. It's just yeah. not going to happen. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I know some people criticise us for being negative, but it's it's realistic, isn't it? Like, yeah. I, I genuinely believe this is the most positive Burnley well, podcast. I, I struggle with that. What's to be, posi- what's to be positive about, that's my, that's my thing. About, about coming up, spending 110 million quid on wingers that you don't play, spinning off the players that got us up here in the first place and having 12, is it 12 points to celebrate all season? There's not a lot 13 now, mate. 13, but it's what we're watching as well. Like what all the other narrative stuff and everything that's been brought in, like fair enough. Like I, I completely agree with you, Neil. Like the 110 million pound is ridiculous. But what we're watching on the pitch week in, week out, if people are happy with that. How can you be happy? We've literally, we've played West Ham where we were 1-0 up and should have had a penalty and we were we were coasting in that game and then conceded two goals in seven minutes. We've gone into this game today, uh, yesterday, we've had 45 minutes of playing absolutely shocking football. There's been so many other performances where you've wrote us off before the ball's even been kicked. And we, we continue watching. to do so because of how shit we are, isn't That's it? What, we're, we're literally sat there watching such a poor standard of football right now. You know what what the most, is it to be positive about? You know what the most frustrating part of it is for me is that I keep seeing on, on X, Twitter, whatever it's called, this, this narrative that, oh, we got promoted too soon and it doesn't matter because we'll go down and do it again. What is the point? What is the point of that? If you've got a plan and you and you, you get to your first milestone, which presumably is to get into the Premier League, if you achieve that two years ahead, bring your plan forward. You don't carry on as normal in the thought that, oh, we'll just scrap this season. It doesn't really matter. And we'll do it again in three years. But I think that that goes into the naivety argument, though. Like that's a naive way of looking at it because if you actually genuinely, as Alan Pace, you sit there and you've gone through the season you've gone through last season, then think, well, parachute payments. We've got an extra forty million quid on everybody else in the championship, so we'll go down, buy loads of other good players that are you know higher quality than what's already there. We'll go straight back up. The championship isn't like that. Norwich have shown it. Stoke have shown it. West Brom have shown it. So many teams can go down with these parachute payments and it not work. We all exactly the same. As part of that argument, I also keep saying, is, oh, well, this team will just rip the championship apart. What have we seen to suggest that this team will be the team next year? Because no, last year exactly. is completely gone. <laughs> so, it is, for me, we're going to go down and start again with a new fresh fresh batch of players who, again, won't be really ready. So in two years' time, if it all goes to plan, we'll be back in the same position where we've got a new squad who are bedding in and aren't ready for Premier League yet. 
whilst we're in the league, why haven't we given it a go? It's pointless. This season for me, it's just felt like it's been a sort of don't be the matter, lads. We're not supposed to be yeah. here. Let's just enjoy it. Let's just That's enjoy cool. watching all these stars come to the turf. We should have had a goal whilst we're in the league. It's, it's yeah, just yeah, exactly. frustrating from that point of view. But um, what do I know? I'm just, uh, just negative. You say that, mate. Jamie Brown says, Neil spitting yes, facts. Mate. Yes, mate. Yes. Neil spitting facts today. Yeah, AJ yeah. Claret says, exactly, Neil. What gives us a confidence will come straight up next season, especially exactly. if we change the squad in the summer again. On that, I mean, I, I weren't really going to discuss that today because there's too much to discuss yesterday. On that, I am hoping that the board and the manager have learnt their lesson and do not complete the rebuild the squad in the summer again. I think if we don't complete the rebuild the squad in the summer again, we probably will come back up with the likes of Audebert and Corley Orshaw. But it depends on how many of them want to leave. Because if Audebert turns around and says, I feel like I've done enough to go to a West Ham and West Ham are interested, we're going to have to sell him. Yeah, we might get a lot of money, but we're going to have to rebuild the squad again. And we could get stuff wrong with that like we have done this year. Also, sorry, <laughs> I feel like I'm Sam today. Um... <laughs> The other Someone's got to take the reins, mate, when he's on the pain relief. The other point of that is, from the evidence we've seen so far, I personally think we're going to struggle to attract players to come because they know that they ain't going to get a chance. So they're going to come in. Yeah, but to play a devil's advocate, I was talking to my dad about this actually yesterday. You look at Nathan Teller, who's now top of Bundesliga. Burnley was his stepping stone to that. You look at Martson, who's now at Dortmund. Burnley no, was his about, stepping stone to that. I'm on about trying to bring players in. So if we get rid of all these next year, like we yeah. had last year's team, trying to bring the talent in, they might think, well, hang on a bit, because I'm going to put all this craft in to get us into the Premier League. You're just going to bin us off. Yeah, maybe. That's, that's my concern. Uh, maybe. Keep your comments coming in, guys. <clears throat> Stewie says, you should be a public speaking, Neil. A wolf on Harry Pop's way. Um, he used to be a teacher. He used to be a teacher. So yeah. that's obviously where he gets his... Uh, his confidence from always clarity says, even if we don't change the squad in the summer, we showed yesterday that we can't compete for 90 minutes. We're a 30 minute team at the minute. Uh, and True Red says, can't keep building and progressing if you're having to rebuild a team every year. I agree. Yeah. I'm hoping that we've learned our lesson. We don't completely rip the team up for the third year in a row. All right. Last summer, the su not, the, not the summer just gone, the summer before was something that we had to do. This summer, it was obviously our choice. So I I'm hoping that we've um, learned our lessons from that and we don't. And we don't do it again because I think I think the team as it is, I think Foster probably leaves. Um, and that's I'm doing it probably leaves, Trezor probably leaves, but the last two, me, they've been they've been poor. We'll get on to them two later on. Um, other than that, I'm not sure who's guaranteed to leave. Um, so I do think we'd have a decent enough squad um in the championship next season. But I didn't really want to get into that too much. I do want to talk about company and Sam, I'll come to you first. Mm -hmm. Um uh, yeah, I've that first half yesterday for me, like I am still company in, uh, and I've said uh, my stance hasn't changed. I am still company in, I still think he's the right man to give a go next season, but the pressure will be on him next season. If we start slowly, for example, next season, like we did last season, and we're mid table after seven or eight games, we won't be as forgiving as we were last season, so mm -hmm. that could be an issue, issue next year. But yesterday at halftime, it did feel like, not the tide was turning, but people were starting to get a bit fed up of him. Um, I, I was one of them, personally. I, I was I was criticising him to my dad, like saying, I can't believe he's picked this team, he's done that. He's just standing there with his arms outstretched all the time. It felt like the tide was turning a little bit, but not to the sense of company out, to the sense of people are, are just getting a little bit fed up of some of the decisions and some of the, um, the mistakes he's making. Do you think that's a fair assessment? I think his team selections are a bit... If I don't think he's got any real, I think after 23 games, most managers would know the best starting 11. Unfortunately, I think our manager oh, yeah. has still got no idea. 
Yeah. Um, it's February and he's not his best team. It's, exactly. And I, and I, I, that's the plan. I, I really, really struggle with that with, with company. The side with him having his arms out all the time, to be fair, like, I do think there is an element of he, he does set them up in the same way that he did last season and these players aren't performing. We have got players that aren't performing. In my opinion, Dara O'Shea has been horrendous since he signed. I think people are nitpicking at two or three games that he's been okay in and said, oh, you know, at least he's done all. I think he's been shocking since he's come in. I think Trafford's 50-50. I think he has really good games where, you know, he keeps us in with his saves, but I do still think he is... You know, there's still issues with the way that he is as a goalkeeper. I think, you know, you've got players like Amduni who, you know, has really hot spells and then really, really cold spells. Yeah. The fact that the team's ever changing, of course, won't help that. But I do think company might be at a bit of a loss as well with sometimes with what the players do in the first 45 minutes of a game. Like yesterday, he will not have set his team up to play like that. Like, there's no way. He set his team up in a certain type of way and the tactics are sat there, set in stone. And yet, you, you shouldn't put Ramsey in and move Amduni to the wing because that's just pointless when Amduni's played in the 10 role all season. But at the same time, there's no way he said, go into that game, nobody run around, nobody press your man and let him go, get through every chance that they get. Like a few cases of this, aren't there? Like, where he's... This, this sort of links to what I was saying before about how Luton are playing to their strengths and they're, they're doing what they know they're capable of doing. If company is setting the team up to play the same as last year and the players aren't doing it, by now he should have realised that they aren't capable of doing that and adapted and changed. And that's what he's not doing, which is the most frustrating thing for me, is work yeah. out what the strongest team is, work out what their strengths are and play to that. Abandon, yeah. this, abandon this, I'm trying to be the next pep thing because it's not working mm. with the players we've got because he's clearly yeah. just trying to model shit and doesn't work with the players we've got. So it might I agree the, with that. It might do in the yeah. future, but at the minute it's not working. And we're however many games into the season, and he's still trying to do it, and it's still not working. So by now he should have thought, maybe I can't play this way. Maybe I'll just have to change it a little bit. Which is that's a thing, though, isn't it? Like Luton have got Luton have come up this season, and Luton side, and that's yeah. what they're doing. They know yeah. that they can't play. F- they know that they can't play football against the best in the league. But what they can do is get the ball into dangerous areas and hope that the ball falls to the right people and the right times. And it has done. They played Newcastle the other day. They drew four all. They were four to up at one point. Yeah. That just shows the lack of quality that they have from a defensive standpoint, which is why they couldn't hold on for a win. But they scored four goals at St James's Park. I'd be surprised if we got one. And that's the difference because our style of play is so disjointed and people don't know how to play. It genuinely does feel like that, doesn't it? Like yeah. the players that we have can't play together. Amduni can't get close to Foster. They're almost playing like two individuals. The wingers play as individuals. Okay, Odebear has been playing well and he's been linking up with Foster, but I feel like they just run at the man constantly. And then when they actually put crosses into the box, there's no one there. Like... And this is where like a disjointed team. And this is where company should have identified that and changed it. Last year, he was so good at spotting what wasn't working and mm-hmm. tweaking it and changing it. And it's it's the most baffling thing for me is this year that he's not. He's he's just working with the same principles that aren't working. And I I would have thought after the first five six games where it's clear. Well, no, not for first five six because we're playing the top six, weren't we? But mm-hmm. after the season sort of settled down, playing the teams around us, and it still wasn't working. Maybe change it a little bit. Go back but to those it. first five or six games. The only reason why I say those first five or six games is there's a way to lose. You can tell how you're going to perform in the season 
based on how you perform against the bigger teams. So well, if we went, if we played at home against Tottenham and lost 2-0, but gave it a real go, or lost 2-1 and Brownell's goal in the 93rd minute still went in, you'd yeah. sit there and you'd say, it's close. We lost 5-2. We lost 3-1 three, three to Villa. Three yeah. Was it 3-0 to City in the first game? So yeah. we'd, already, we'd already conceded like 11 goals in the first three games. Yeah. And you could literally see the signs straight away like that we weren't at that level because teams could pick us apart like that. It took nothing to score against us. And then they just controlled the game, kept the ball away from us because when we did win the ball back, like like we've said, there's, there was no pattern of play. You couldn't play the ball. You couldn't play the ball out wide because as soon as you got it to the wingers, they had no idea how to get it to the forwards. As soon as it got into midfield, they had no idea how to get it to the wing to the wide players. So it just kept coming back to the centre halves. Centre halves were just going left back to right back to centre back to left back, losing ball. So we just constantly just kept constantly having pressure, inviting pressure, getting everybody in his faces. How we were meant to be playing at the start of the season, anyway. And then now you get to 23 games in. Has all changed? Not really. No. We've had three wins in 23 games. We've had three real genuine celebrations this season where we can turn around and say we actually deserve those that win or those those genuine three points. Some of the draws, I mean, that, that one yesterday, with the greatest of respect, it's a fantastic, fantastic performance from Fafana off the bench. And oh, yeah. the fight was much more. But did we deserve a point in that game? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So you can't even really... You can celebrate the fact that we did get the point, but you can't celebrate the fact that we deserved it because we didn't. We just, we got the point, but we didn't deserve it at all. Yeah, no, some good points. Um, it's interesting because um, I, I agree with that. I, I remember tweeting at full time saying how the hell have we pulled that off then uh, and obviously that's because we were absolutely pumped Fulham got in behind the defence far too easily far too many occasions because the defensive line was too high and the people in the defensive line weren't paying attention and are too slow and that brings me on nicely to the goals that we conceded now obviously we can't show them on here <clears throat> I should really start putting more effort into this and maybe creating some stills that I can just bring them up but I never do um, but the first one it's a corner. We shoot at corners. There's not much more I can say about that, really, other than the fact that, that what pissed me off about the first <coughs> one, and Sam, I'll come to you first on this one. What pissed me off first, uh, first about, I'm sorry, what pissed me off most about the first goal, put my teeth back in, is that we let it go out. It took a deflection, mm -hmm. and then Trafford and Asignon let it go out. And I don't know why they did it like that. Trafford were like that, just let it go out. Asignon was like, just, yeah, go out, whatever. Sacre bleu, let it go out. And then it obviously oh. were a corner. And I was just, I was like, what are you doing? And then they whip it in near post. If you go, if you want to score a corner against Burnley, either put it near post or on Trafford because mm. you're going to score. And it's just far too easy, far too weak. And it's another example of a goal where a team hasn't had to do much to score a goal. I, like, it's like I said when, when we were explaining the goal, though, mate. Like the ball comes in, Polina rises at the front stick. There's two defenders in front of Trafford that should be going for the ball before Trafford even comes off his line. So yeah. Trafford's in no man's land already trying to get through to get the ball for absolutely no reason. Because as soon as Polini wins at header, he's basically heading it into an open net. Yeah. Trafford is nowhere near that ball. Again. So why he's off his line is just sheer madness. And any time 
he comes off his line because he's already four foot ten. Like that, there's already loads of space above him anyway. You bring him off his line, there's even more space. So it just it just begs the question as to why he's why he even bothered coming off the line. You can you can argue that it going out and all that type of stuff, but you should still be able to set up for a corner and defend it, regardless whether it's gone out. You should still not concede. Yeah, like it's that. it's a, it's a different phase of play, so I, I do get that. It's, and, and, I, and the thing is, whoever our set piece coaches as well, he needs taking straight off the payroll because he's stealing a living because we have conceded some of the worst set pieces I have ever seen in a Premier League season. And we are, we're still consistently sitting there and asking him in training to tell them players what to do. We have literally conceded some of the worst set pieces this season. And I, yeah. I, and I don't know how on earth he still might. I completely that agree. That that was a comment that Sui said then. So set pick coach not earning his ways in any other job, you'd be sacked. 23 games and not improved at all. If anything, mate, they've got worse. Well, that, falls Smith, this, that falls into this idea that company's not changing things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not just on the pitch, but he's not changing things. Yeah, Nathan Smith, who is a Turfcaster member, you can do that on YouTube. Head over to YouTube and set, select to become a member of the channel. He says Trafford is just not strong enough. He gets bullied from corners. There is that aspect to it, but I do think the defenders have got to do more as well. I do think the defenders have got yeah, to do more as well. Just to add to that, stronger also, it's not just physically, but also it just needs to be more confident, command his area. And if he commands yeah, that, area, yeah. the defenders do, they will, because when. That's always been my argument for putting Murich in because... Yeah, and I, I agree. I, I, out of the two, I'd still have Murich, but the, yeah, the, 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 the debate's just died because, you know, there's no point in having the debate anymore. Well, Shot-stopping-wise, they're very similar, but Murich has just got that command and presence that Trafford doesn't at the minute, and that, I think, would go a long way to helping. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. But um, it's it's pointless. It's pointless having that debate. Yes. Uh, but yes. I, I agree. Uh, second goal. Neil, I'll come to you first on this one. That was mm. just an absolute catalogue of errors. And I know Sam's already briefly mentioned it. And he was saying, like, there's no point um, in, in criticising, um, who was it, Amduni or Foster on, on, on the halfway line, to which I agree with. But it's, it's just the whole point of it. It's a half-arse attempt from him to win the ball on the halfway line. So then he creates a simple loop over, which then the defender should be dealing with. But you've got Vitinho trotting back, yeah. picking his arse, not, not paying attention to anything, playing the man on, on side. Then you've got Ekdal kind of caught out of position. But some may argue that if, if Vitinho was, was quicker, he wouldn't be out of position. But his, his, his body's the wrong way. So then he's got to turn. And, he, and he, he's probably about as fast as Leon Court is is Ekdal. So, it, so he's then caught out of position because the ball's over and they're in. And then where the fuck is Trafford? I do not know. He's well, make a decision, either come out or yeah. stay on your line. Well, Ekdal, he's just in no man's land. Yeah, I mean, here's a catalogue of various. Ekdal's in a bit of a, a tricky situation there because if he brings him down, he's off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Or, yeah. Or he, so he can't really do anything there just because of the way his position is and the way that the opposition is over him. So Ekdal, for me, is a little bit blameless in that situation because he literally has got nothing that he could do. Trafford, yeah, he does need to make a decision. It goes back to what I said at the start, where can you just please stay on your line now? Because every time he comes off, he gets lobbed. So let's just, yes. just stay on your line. But yeah, I, I get the point about you can't really blame Amdini and Foster in that position. But equally, defenders should know that they aren't going to defend and they aren't going to track back. So they should be alert and aware of that. And it just comes back to that. Uh, naivety in defending him, doesn't it? That they're not—they're not knowing how each other play, and they're not knowing 
Like they should have known that they ain't, they ain't going to do that. They're going to track back and he's going to run with his man. He's going to stop that. So I need to make sure that we are. And they didn't. And that's that's ultimately what what cost us. But it was a shocking goal that just summed up summed up Burnley in the Premier League this year for me. That it really did. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It was just a catalogue of errors from front to back, mainly the back, uh, which again has been, as you say, Neil, sums up our season because we have been horrendous at the back. Sam, your thoughts on that second goal, please, mate. It's terrible, isn't it? Really, like it's probably the worst goal I've seen us concede in a while. That one, yeah, it was shocking. It's just, but it's from nothing. This is my thing, like, yeah, it, this is what I'm saying with us. Like, it takes no effort for any team to score against us if they can let the ball drop in midfield. And our argument is, and like I say, it's no disrespect to anybody as well. If you think that I'm doing, he should have got stuck it stuck in, fair enough, but. The throwing in general was shocking. Like it's a throwing. Just throw it to your own man. We're wearing claret and blue. Stop throwing it to a white shirt. Like it, it, it would do in my head in these throw-ins in the game. The ball ends up in, into the midfield area. It's near the halfway line, right? If I'm doing he presses it, you don't have to run at a hundred mile an hour all the time trying to win that ball back because he knows that the that the Fulham player has his body in the way. So he's not actually going to get the ball. So all he's trying to do is put pressure on, which I actually think I'm doing. He does. He ends up just kicking the ball just completely up in the air. Mm. And our defenders kind of just watch it and watch it and watch it and then go, oh, there's a, there's a Fulham striker over there. We should probably start running back. It's like, why does it take you to see the turn and turn and turn and then spot the... You should just know instinctively as a defender that you've got a striker who's behind you. You need to keep an eye on them. If the ball goes over the top, try and play him offside. But no, we have three players playing him onside and the second the ball goes over the top, he's gone and we go, oh, oh, now we'll go get him. Like, it's just... Why does everything have to be so slow? It's shambolic defending. You know, Vitinho's absolutely nowhere near it. Ekdal, I agree with Neil. There's no he can do in that situation. If he brings him down, it's a red card and we're we're already completely out of the game at that point anyway. And uh, But then you've got O'Shea, who's just... I don't even think he's realised that he's just running backwards for the sake of running backwards. I don't even think he knows that a Fulham player's got the ball. I think he's just running backwards. Genuinely, he just turns around and goes, oh, what are we doing, lads? Is there someone? He's honestly, he's a baffling defender. He's, he baffles the life out of me. He's not up with play. He's the furthest defender back. He's nowhere near it. And he's the one who should be next to Ekdal, putting the block in. So Ekdal can marshal him away. And O'Shea's there to try and block the ball. But no, O'Shea's trying to play striker. Honestly, mate, I'm, I'm bored of this defence. I'm bored of having the same conversations about the same issues that we have were so easy to beat it's just it's it's boring and then we managed to get a draw and everyone's like oh brilliant we came back and got a point well so did Luton so we're in the same position as we were before the game kicked off don't make a difference and Everton uh, and yeah Everton, exactly they managed to get a point it. they got a late point oh did they draw did they I thought they lost no 2-2 oh, 89th minute were yeah. it I think but honestly like like we can we, we talk about it all the time and I and I and I, I, I love the fact that like we are we are all on the same page with it. Like we all instinctively just know that nothing that we're seeing this season is good enough at all. It's just the little niggly voices that you see on Twitter that are like, "Oh, we could get there." Like, you've been saying that since week seven. 
Like, and now we're on week 23 and it's still the same. When are you going to wake up from clown mm. cuckoo land and realise yeah. that this team yeah. is rubbish? You're going to get accused of not supporting the lads here because you've got to be, oh, every week. Come but on. The team's rubbish. Yeah. We're not playing well. We've not got they better. Are. We've had so many weeks to sort it out and it's not got any better. We've got players that were carrying through games. We talk about the same things every single week. And if that's the case, how are we spotting it and they're not spotting it? And if we're changing it, how are they not changing it? This is the issue that I have. I, I, I back the club all the way through the good times and the bad times, which is why I'm still watching the games, which is why I'm still doing a podcast talking about Burnley every week. Like, my issue with it is... You don't have to, just because you support the club doesn't mean you have to love everything they do. I'm not going to go to a game and go, oh, we lost 5 0 this week. Yeah, but, but you're just not going to do that, are you? Like, it's not good enough. We need to see better. It needs to change. Sort it out. Like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. No, as, you, as you can see, Sam struggles with the people saying that uh, we are negative. Um, but there's what, what more can you do? What more can you do? I completely agree with you, Sam, to be fair. Um, but um, yeah, obviously it's coming up to quarter past 11. We'll probably be doing it for about another 15, 20 minutes, half an hour. Uh, but I just want to just want to say that today's edition of Turfcast is proudly supported by Uphold, who are Burnley's sleeve sponsor for the 23-24 season. Uphold is unveiling something special soon. The limited edition Burnley FC Uphold card. Easily add funds to your card and unlock its perks. Um, whether you're spending at home or away, the card lets you spend in any currency, anywhere globally. It's accepted everywhere. MasterCard is without foreign transaction fees and offers <laughs> competitive exchange rate. For added ease for security, you can even pay with Apple or Google Pay. So Uphold Values Community, demonstrated by their pledge to donate £5 to Burnley in the community with your first purchase using the card. So secure your spots on the waiting list today at www.uphold.com slash burnleyse terms and conditions apply now people yeah you threw me there anyway i put that comment on i would mid mid ad read and then someone put uh put the drum comment on uh that threw me but um but uh yeah obviously people th there are some positives to talk about for all the shite yesterday there are some positives mm. to talk about and they were mainly the new lads asignon yeah. i thought played well um it, did he get one assist or two one 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 uh, was all about the second one then yeah yeah, yeah, but it was a great cross for the first goal. Obviously, uh, for Farnes at the back, he obviously was brilliant. And before I do get into the positives, actually, I do just want to come away and say something negative again. Um, <laughs> Vincent's Vincent's team selection—it just baffles me. It really, really does. Um, against City, all right, they didn't have to get out of second gear, and people come away from it going, "Oh, it's only three ones." Like, yeah, because if one, City wanted to beat a six 0 they'd have beat a six 0 We gave mm -hmm. them easy goals again, uh, just like we do all the time. Um, but Fafana came on in that game, played well. Everybody watching that, everybody watching that was watching. Um, everybody watching that was thinking, "Yeah, he's got to start next. He's got to start next now. Start Fafana. Drop Ambuni. He's been dreadful for ages." company not only starts Amduna, who's been dreadful since September, he also brings Ramsey in as well, who's done nothing to, to warrant getting a start in that. And I just think, why, why? People were saying, I'll oh, give him a chance, give him a chance. And I do agree, he's, he's a good footballer with a lot of technical ability, but he's just not a footballer we need right now. And I said it in the match reaction, he's a luxury player. And we had too many luxury players on the pitch yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why company has then gone, you know what, I'll have... 
Ramsey, Amduna, and Audibert all on the pitch at the same time. Like, what, 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 what are you trying to achieve there? What are you trying to achieve? Just don't make, don't make any sense to me. His team selections are baffling, and I know I've gone back a little bit to the company point there, but I just wanted to say that before I go on to the positives about Fafana coming on and doing well, about Asignon. Uh, playing for, what, 80, 85 minutes uh, mm-hmm. and playing very, very well. Uh, and Esteve, he came on. Steve, whatever people, are, whatever nickname we've given him, uh, I'm a little bit behind on that. Um, but I thought he played very well. And for me, he's already staked to claim for our best defender. Uh, him him and Bayer uh, would be my starting two, just based on the 45 minutes I've watched so far. Um, mm-hmm. So they're the positives. And obviously, the, the result was a positive. Um, Sam, I'll come to you because you're already chatting a bit. Uh, your thoughts are on, on the three new... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Away days are fantastic, especially when you win the league at Ewood Park. But there's still nothing quite like playing at home. The same goals for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Lads. That uh, Asignon was very, very good. Like, I thought he's the type of player that we've needed. Um, and I think, I think he, like I say, his, his cross were good. Uh, his assist was good, and I thought overall he was he was quite a positive player. Um, I think Fafana, whilst it is a massive positive, the lingering negative is there is no option to buy, and if he performs yeah. well and keeps performing for us, there's no way we bring him in to the championship next season because that's was, Chelsea's plan for him. I was going to say this: I don't fall in love with him because we know it's going. Yeah, like, I already have. He's even got Nathan Teller's number, mate. He's an Nathan Teller regen. Like, enjoy him now. Enjoy him now. But, like, don't expect him to be there next season. It's all part of Chelsea's plan to have him breaking his way into their team. He's sent him on loan to the Bundesliga. It didn't work. They already have spoken about... We've seen it all over Twitter about the reason why they chose Burnley as the option is because they thought... If he can play in the Premier League and he can play well, it's similar to the Lukaku situation. Like they sent him on loan to West Brom, he played really well. Okay, fair enough. They ended up selling him to Everton, but he stayed in the Premier League and he got a Premier League move. So it'll be the same for Fafana. But yeah, his performance was absolutely fantastic. In 33 minutes, he was easily the best player on the entire pitch all day. He, he was absolutely fantastic in the right place at the right time. That's two games now where he's got he's got two goals and an assist and he's looked really good off of very little minutes as well. I think he's only played 45 minutes of football for Burnley and he's still got more stats than half of players that won't pitch. I think he genuinely needs, there needs to be a conversation about him starting. Foster again, 100%. he's a little positive. You know, his, 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 his tenacity and his, his running around trying to win the ball back rather than the lads was fantastic. Like you said, Estevez, he was really, really good. I think it does beg the question, like, does the team have a lot to take with us into the championship? Yeah, we do. Like, we have got a good squad to take in. Like, let's say Bayer leaves, we do still have Ekdal. We do still have, you know, um, Estevez. We still have 
oh shit, Luke McNally's on loan. We've got loads of loan players that are out. We've got Scott Twine, we've got Zaruri, you know, we've got Michael Obafemi. They're all players that can come back and play a part. Some of them are having a bit of a better time than others. Obviously, a lot of us have already had our say on Zaruri, so Zaruri could be like a new signing again next season, hopefully. Um, but I'm not worried about... I'm not necessarily worried about the team that we could go down, you know, down with. But like you say, like, Fafana was fantastic and some of the performances from the new lads bedded themselves into the team. I thought that was fantastic. Have we already we've already signed Esteve on a on a permanent basis, haven't we? We sorted that before the game. Yeah, uh, the the COO uh, Matt Williams. I can't remember his exact words. I haven't got it up in front of me, but he pretty much confirmed it. Yeah, uh, um, with Esteve, but um, Asenjon uh, is dependent on something else. Um, I've been trying to get him on the podcast. Actually. Well, I haven't tried this this window. We tried yeah. to get him on the podcast last summer, um, but uh, things just didn't happen. Hopefully, we get him on soon. Uh, or maybe in the summer, yeah. uh, but yeah, as, I, th- I think I think so. Yeah, I think you are right. I ain't got the quote in front of me. I was trying to find it then, but I think you are right. But yeah. you can take you can take all of those as positives. Like them playing well now and bedding their, themselves into the first team now will only do us justice next season. When if we do stay up, we've still got the players there that can play a part. If we go down, you'd like to think that they're two players that will come down with us. And then that means that we don't have to buy those positions. We can have Lorenzo right back, Esteve in centre-half. If Bayer stays, which I do think there's a 50-50 with him as well, if Bayer stays, then that's him there. Charlie on left, you'd probably get somebody else at left back. That's yeah, a pretty, that's a pretty decent back four if we can keep it like that for the championship. So I, I think I think getting Fafana now gives us a good chance of staying up with a striker who can score goals. We just need to fix the other little bits, don't we? But good performance from the new lads. I thought they did really well. Yeah, completely agree. All three new lads, in my opinion, should start against Liverpool and then not be judged. Like This is what annoys me about company. He'll start them all against Liverpool. They'll all be poor because we're playing Liverpool. Then he'll play them all against Arsenal. They'll all be poor again against Arsenal. And then he'll drop them for, for for who do we play after that? Is it Bournemouth? Um, and then 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 back to the back to the back to the uh, the lads that have, have not been doing enough this season, uh, which is what he did earlier in the season with uh, was it Trezor? Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Trezor Trezor's another debate, but we won't have that one today. Um, Neil, your thoughts on the three new lads? Do you think they've done enough to um, to start against Liverpool? Yeah, certainly for Farner has. Um, Esteve, forty-five minutes, like you say, it's difficult. I mean. The bar's quite low to judge him against, isn't it? From that defence, so um, you know um, it's a bit. It's not as, as clean for me with that one, but yeah, for Farner definitely. I thought he took his goals really well. Um, just his drive and his hunger and his passion is exactly what we need up there. And I think him and Foster um, could be a very good partnership. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, very, very good partnership. But it's whether company will actually change and play the two up front. Um, it's uh, yeah, his second goal. Especially, he took it really, really well because it was going away from him, and he and he just had that that poacher's instinct. He's like a just a right place, right time sort of player, isn't he? Um, yeah, the farmer. So yeah, I'm very, very happy with his start to life at Burnley. Like you say, he was good against City. Um, so yeah, very happy with him. The other, um, um, but yeah, like I say, with their Stevates, I know what you're saying that you've seen enough for that 45 minutes, but the bar is very low based on that game to, to judge how good someone is. But based off how shite the others are, 
I would probably start him. Exactly that. It's more that. And it, and it, someone did say to me on Twitter, like, oh, you can't be saying that you'll be starting for Fana based on 15 minutes against City. It's like, well, it's not just based on the 15 minutes against City. It's based on the 500 minutes in the last 500 minutes, few games or whatever it is, that I've seen of Amduna to know that I don't want to watch him again. And it's the same now with, well, the, anyone in defence at the minute. Like, like I said, I would have Esteve and Bayer at the back when both are fit. They're probably not going to be fit. So right now... Judging by the fact that he was hooked at half-time yesterday, I would have O'Shea and um, Esteve probably against Liverpool. Hopefully, Bayer's back. I'm not sure how Bayer is or how long his injury is. I can't remember. Um, but just to go back to the point about Esteve signing permanently, I have found the quote, and it's from BBC Sport Lancashire with, obviously, the Burnley COO, Matt Williams. And he says, we've got the option to sign Lorenz Asignon. Maxime Esteve will become permanent with certain criteria he makes on a game basis regardless of the division we're in so he's not like fully signed yet but it's looked like it doesn't matter what division we're in he probably has to play a certain amount of games and then he becomes ours whereas Asignon might depend on what league we're in uh, that's basically what I took uh, from that so yeah fingers crossed we've got them both um, Esteve will be a, a, a good defender um, and again as Sam made a point earlier even if Bayer leaves which I know, I know he watches some of the shows. I don't know if he watches the lives. Um, so please don't leave, Jordan. Um, but if he does, then you've still got Ekdal, you've still got McNally, you've still got Esteve, you've still got O'Shea, who a lot of people have been critical of this year, and in my opinion, rightly so. But he was very good for West Brom in the in in, in the Championship. Mm-hmm. So uh, he will more than likely be very good uh, for us next year. But yeah, um, I, I mentioned it there briefly, and the comments come in, so I do want to quickly chat about it. <laughs> Uh, Zeki Amduna, um, I was quite excited when I brought him in um, and I do feel a bit harsh on him because he's not really been playing in his favourite position. Um, he's been playing more alongside um, Foster, although yesterday he wasn't. He was played on the right wing. Um, but another poor performance from from Zeki. Why do you think it's not working for him at Burnley? Sam, I'll start with you because he's, you know, he started well. You know, he got the goal against Forrest, didn't he? He was in the cup or in the league, I can't remember. Um, but he got a goal against Forrest and actually started well. I remember thinking, yeah, this lad's going to be really, really good. I was excited when we signed him. Um, the Swiss journalist that I spoke to said he's, he's med for this league. I, I just feel like he's probably a little bit too lightweight, if I'm honest, because missing too much in games. Listen, mate, I, I, I don't think you'd be doing something pretty astronomical to look good in this team at the moment. Mm. And, I, I, and I, again, I don't, I don't, I don't like to be negative about it, but Amduni came with a lot of credibility behind him. Yes, okay, he's played in the Swiss League. It is a totally different league. I do think he's got a lot going for him. I do genuinely think he's a purple patch player. Like I think he he has a couple of good games where you think, okay, his feet's brilliant. He gets past his man pretty well. I think with him, he's not a link-up player. I don't know where companies seem that he's a link-up player and he needs to be in this 10 role to get the ball, hold it and play it wide. He's always been the guy to be a centre-forward, to get the ball, turn his man and, and have a go. From all the videos we saw when he came in, it looked like it was one touch at the edge of the box, move it onto his stronger foot and shoot. That's what a centre-forward does. That's not what a number 10 does. So I struggle with the positioning that he's been put in. Like I say, we've had Odebear and Coley Oshaw who have looked absolutely fantastic since they've come in, but they came yeah. in with no expectation whatsoever. Like nobody expected anything, so anything was better I feel like with Amduni, he came in with a little bit of expectation and because he's not hit that benchmark, people seem to be a bit like, oh, well, you know, maybe he doesn't suit it. I don't think, he, like you said there, I don't think he's played in his correct position. And I think if you're trying to make somebody number 10, like the same conversation we had with um, 
Sander Berger at the start of the season. If you're a number 10 and you're playing the number six role, you're not yeah. going to look as good. Yeah. Sander Berger's obviously made that number six role his own. Okay, granted, I don't actually think he's played it fantastic over the last couple of weeks. I know he's come off a bit of a knock and, you know, uh, a bit of fatigue and stuff like that, but I don't think he's been fantastic in that six role either. But I, 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 I struggle with this kind of like, one player can play here and that's his strong position, but we'll play him somewhere else just to see yeah, how it goes. I do get that. that and I struggle with that because it's the same like when we had Del Quire playing left-back, when we had Charlie Taylor there. It's like, you can play a centre-back who can play a left-back at left-back, but then when it doesn't work, the obvious reason for it not working is because he's not a left-back. So I, I'm a bit like, I do see people's point with Andoni, but I also think there really is a player in there. I just yeah. think if there's a player in there as a, as a striker, not as a centre-attacking midfielder. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, but I also do feel like he, if he's not going to be getting up to the the, the standard that um, we all thought he was going to be, and he hasn't been great for the last few games, it's probably now time to give him a rest. And hopefully he comes yeah, back in later in the season and and, uh, and, um, and and shows what he's really made of. Um, we've got a Montpellier fan in the chat, so I just thought I'd highlight that, put it on screen and give Pierre Rocher apologies if I've butchered that mate um, a shout out he says as a Montpellier fan I genuinely think Esteve is your man for the solidity at the back sorry for my not so good English don't worry mate we all understood that and based on yesterday I agree uh, he's a good player um, so yeah <coughs> big up Montpellier hope you do well this season mate I have no idea on the fantasy got how well you're doing um, but fingers crossed that you're doing well mate Owen says we need Coley Osho back but it's a shame he's injured I mean Audubert's doing right. And I agree, I love Corley Osho, but Audubert's doing right enough and Vincent probably wouldn't play Corley Osho on the right. Uh, try Zeki in left-back. We seem to have tried everybody else. Did you notice that um, Josh Browner went to left-back yesterday at one point? That oh, was quite funny. It's just yeah, Josh Browner. Really I mean, we, 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 we've skipped over this and I do feel like Josh Browner's getting away with stuff because none of us have mentioned him. I've mentioned how poor Trafford's been. Oshie, we've that. mentioned. Um, who we just mentioned then? Zeki. Browner was the worst player on the pitch. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not been good at dreadful. all. He's, he's not dreadful. He's dreadful. And he and he gets away with it, and I don't know why, but we're guilty of it as well because we're an hour in and I've not even mentioned him. So I do apologise for that. But he was dreadful. He gave the ball away far yeah. too much. He's not grabbing... He's not a captain, in my opinion. He's not a... No, grab, no, the, grab the game by the scruff of the neck playing it. Right, lads, this is shit. Throw him to the ground. You're pathetic. Come on, do something. He just doesn't do it. And we've seen Foster leading the line yesterday. That's probably that's probably why I'm not a captain. I'm, I maybe went too aggressive. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, but thoughts on Brownell then, please, mate, before I say something uh, silly again. Um, Josh Brownell is um, he's in the Conor Roberts. He hides away from the ball. Sorry, that's a good. I'm just responding yeah, to Danny Aston's comment. He hides away from the ball. Hides away. He's in the he's in the Conor Roberts um, bracket for me, where they're not good enough for Premier League. Um, he's had two. They've had two shots at it now, and they're not going to. I'd agree it. with that. Uh, yeah. Championship is his level, and he's playing at a level that's well above him. Um, but he's hiding. He is hiding. It's like you say. I think he knows that he's struggling at this level, but he's hiding instead of just be like, you know. I mean, he's no worse than anybody else in terms of his quality. But he's been there that long. He he should really be showing some leadership in that struggling team. I agree. I agree. Um, and he and he isn't. Um, and he's all right last year when he was giving it the big one because it was all going well and he was always on camera and always in the middle of all the celebrations and stuff. And this year he's he's not. And um, no, there's been that many celebrations, but you know what I mean. Did uh, play the ten last season though. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah, the position. But 
I've not seen anything in either stint in the where he's been in the Premier League now to suggest he's of this level. And um, but yeah, I think he is hiding. He is hiding away. Yeah, I agree. Well, there I was some weird stat. We showed it yesterday. There was some weird stat where his his rating was really high on some. Oh, it was that it was that um, account that's run by a lot of people in London that don't go on the games. Um, oh. it, it, he got the highest rating on who scored. I think it was, and I have oh, no idea like they, why. They a game like that. Well, they, yeah, well, they yeah, don't yeah. even watch it. They, they, well, they just fair. literally go on who scored and put the rating up and like, oh, he's the man of the match. Like, no. Yeah, things like that, though. They could give him a 99% passing accuracy, but what they won't tell you is that his passes were two yards. Exactly, yeah, and that's why stats yeah. need, you need to be yeah. careful. I mean, I'm just double-checking it, but the account did put Brown up as the man. Of the, he was genuinely the worst player on the match, uh, on the pitch. He was genuinely the worst player. Yeah, and he is. He's getting away with it. Um, in, in our defence, though, the reason that we, it has taken an hour to get onto him is because there's that much... That we've got to, yeah, you've got to wade through everything before you wade through all of it, haven't you? Before you the of the matter, and that, and that is that Josh Brownell is one of our most senior players, and he's hiding away. Yeah, really I, 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 I do, like I say, I do struggle. Um, I do struggle with the fact that he was, he got champion. He was in the championship team of the season in the number ten role. And then we go into the Premier League, sign a striker, play them in the 10, sign another number 10, but don't play that number 10 until you end up playing him after like 15 games and put him put him in a move, your normal number 10 to right midfield. And Josh Brownell just plays as a six or an eight all season long. And then people keep saying, like, like, I completely agree with you. He is hiding, he's not playing well. But I, I do struggle with that whole... He played as a 10. He did so well last season. He got the goals. He got the assists. He did play really well and he helped link up play for us. He does look like, he did look like a good player and I thought he'd play as the 10 for us this season. We ended up not bringing in the centre midfielders that we actually wanted to, forcing him to move backwards where he didn't play well for Daesh either in a, mm. in a less expansive, less forward-thinking style of football team. He still didn't look good. So... I do put some ownership onto him, but I also do think he's just there because we don't have anything better to play there. Like, if he played in the 10, who knows? He might be different. Like, this is what I'm saying. It's all it's completely and utterly like we don't know because it hasn't happened. But you don't know. He could play in that number 10 role next week and he actually could be really, really good because of how he played last season. But I, I agree. I, I would have played him in the 10. I've always said, like, it's funny, I follow like most of his, his, his family's quite active on social media. So I follow mm. like two of his brothers, his dad or whatever. And I, even under Daesh, when he were getting criticism, they were saying on Twitter, oh, well, he's not even playing in, in his preferred position. So his preferred position is that 10 role being further mm. forward. But he's never really had the chance in the Premier <clears> League. When, he, when he's done it in the Championship, he was class, like you say. So I, I do think it's a bit bizarre, but on the same side of it, you know, I do think he's more than capable of putting in a better performance than what he did yeah, yesterday. I, yesterday I agree, garbage. but he, he played the 10 role for Bristol City and then got the Premier League move to Burnley on merit yeah. from the 10 role, then ended up playing right midfield under Dash, and then Classic went goal. into the Championship, played the 10 role, made the team of the season, and then ended up playing back in the number eight role. It's like, the reason, the, the obviously the part of it where you should be versatile enough to move from the 10 to the 8. They are different positions to play, but you should still be able to play it. I agree. But it's the exact same reason why no one's giving Delcoir as much stick for playing left-back when he's a centre-half. Because I do think you can give him a little bit of leeway when 
he's not playing the correct position that he's actually meant to play. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like I'm doing him not playing well on right midfield yesterday. It's like, well, yeah, obviously. Because he wants to play striker. You're playing him 10 and you put him on right. Like mm. it, that's it. So part of it is, yeah, you should do better. But the other part of it is if you don't know how to play there yourself instinctively as a footballer, how, how are you meant to be? How are you meant to be as good as you would be in your, in your normal position? I, I do I don't think it's easy. Like I play up front normally, and I think I play all right up front. You put me at left midfield, right midfield, I'll do a job, but I'm nowhere near what I'd be if I played up front where I normally play. Like, do you know what I mean? It's it's just similar, isn't it? But I mean obviously great in, I'm not burning. I'm gonna say great insight into the, the Leeds City Sunday League championship there. Saturday League. Saturday, Saturday league. league, sorry, always a Saturday League player. So always <laughs> the better players always play on Saturday. To be fair, yeah, yeah, I do apologise. Um, but no, I agree. Like, <laughs> I, I, I agree with all of that. It's 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 interesting. But that to me says that the book ultimately stops with company. Stop playing mm. people out of position. Stop fucking chopping and changing square pegs in round holes. And uh, we've hit the hour mark, so we will look to start wrapping it up soon. Not just yet. There's always an exodus when I say that. Don't leave just yet. We'll start wrapping it up soon. If there's any questions, boys, that you want to discuss let me know now both in the chat or the lads on the screen um but before we do get to the questions and wrap up i just want to highlight a comment off nathan because he is a member so all members comments always get put on screen and always get read out he says i really thought he'd push on to be a great captain he's on about brownell here but sadly i don't think the premier league husband level i think he's meant to say is his level um but yeah I'd, i'd probably agree with that um but yeah anyway man of the match shouts um i think there's an obvious one and it, and it and it's David Fofana, um, and I I am going to go with Fofana. Um, it was on the pitch for what thirty minutes, and he was better than than pretty much everybody. Obviously, got the goals for me. His energy, running at players, trying to make things happen, was great. He, he dragged us around the pitch, uh, and got the goals. I can understand if anybody wants to give um, Esteve a shout because he came on and did well, and he was obviously on for a little bit longer. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's probably pretty much it. I mean, I've seen, I thought Order Bear played well in the second half. Um, Sander was all right, um, but uh, yeah, I, I think for me, it's 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 got to be for Farnett. Neil, I'll come to you because you've been quiet for a bit. Who's your man of the match? Shout, mate. Can I have two? Can I have one for each half? Uh, well, <laughs> go on. Right, so, new rules, but I like it. Also for the first half. <laughs> it's Sander goes for the first half. I thought he was all right, you know, in a really. Oh, Moments. I thought it was good in the first half, but it has to be for far in the second half, doesn't it? It has to be. Mm. Um, because interesting uh, that the first one's not for Farner. Always Claret says Asenjon. But you know, he yeah. played well, to be fair. I, I should have mentioned him yeah. then. He was on for what 85 minutes and he played very well, got an assist and looked solid at the back. Went forward as well. Like you want your full back two in this system, did that very well. So, yeah, I agree. I liked Asenjon. Yeah, yeah. So I've gone for that. Birch first half and um, for far in the second. Yep, for Fana, uh, for Sui, uh, Kenny Bridges. Good morning, boys. Where have you been? Where have you been, mate? Uh, good morning, boys. First, the new boys have made a difference right away. I hope VK starts all three against Liverpool, and hopefully Benson will be on the bench. Uh, good to see you in a live, though, Kenny. I don't think I've ever seen your name in a live. Always commenting on the videos, though, mate. It's good to see. Uh, Nathan Smith says, agree with Fafana, but all the new kids deserve praise. Yeah, completely agree. Get your man of the match shouts in in the comments now before we move on, and I won't have time uh, to put them up. But Sam, who was your man of the match, mate? I'd, I'd go Asignon just because it, even I, I listen for final 33 minutes and two goals is absolutely fantastic. But I feel like other than 
letting the ball go out of play. I thought Asignon were brilliant. His assist was class. Like, I mean, that cross is hard to do. Like, get it over, just over the goalkeeper enough for it to drop to the back stick for your, for your striker. Um, and I think defensively he was pretty good and he did show willing to go forward. So I think for a new lad in a new league to adjust in the way that he did, I, I, I just think it's a great performance. The obvious one's for Fana, but I'd like to go Asignon. Yep, fair enough. Interesting. I like that when we all have different answers. I do like that. Andy Hayes even says Foster. Um, but yeah, uh, yes, Foster does deserve Foster, praise. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, Foster played well. Um, yeah, well, is there anything else you want to say, boys? Or we start should start wrapping it up. I'm I'm actually going over to Yorkshire today, Sam. I'm going oh, to yeah. I'm going to Halifax. So um, we'll have a cup of tea. Yeah, we'll do, mate. I'll bring the fam. I'll bring the fam. Yeah, um, can't, you can't get the lid off the jar. Ah, yeah, that's the point, yeah. That was quite funny, everybody. I was hoping the live would start with Sam struggling, but just as I press the credits and it starts going bum, 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 and everything, I see him struggling on the little screen I've got at the bottom, and he puts in the chat, I can't open me drink, and he was like, I've been doing this, and he gets it at the end, and I was gutted. I wanted him to be on live. because I finally thought I can use my legs, so I propped it in my legs, but before I was just like, just try to do it one hand. And it just he remembered it, he had legs and he wasn't an invalid, which is... Uh, I had legs, yeah. Yeah. Uh, True Red says for Fauna, he's got energy, got the credit to push. A little bit late with the man of the match shout there, True Red, but I, I, I'll bring it in. Uh, George A, or George, I always choose a different way to pronounce your name, mate. Great time yesterday and a great experience. Sorry, mate, I did ask you to put that in the chat dinner, and I remember you putting it up, but we're in it, we're in the middle of a debate, so I didn't put it up. Um, but uh, yeah, brilliant to hear you had a great time yesterday. Um, there we go, I'll put it up. So for those of you that weren't here at the start of the chat, George A is George, whatever, he's from the USA, and he came over yesterday to watch Burnley for his first ever time, I believe. Um, obviously, there's the other lad who uh, everyone will, uh, will know, the other American who comes over about two or three times a season, but this was the first time that he'd ever been over. And he said his day went well, had a Benny and not, was good, went to the minors and the dice, very good. First half, terrible. Second half, great in the end. Didn't see us lose a great experience and the club played a big part too. Yeah, I saw your picture on Twitter, mate, where the club let you in. Happy days. He says he went the dash. Um, up, up the Niners. Right, we'll, we'll, do that. We'll, we'll do that in a minute. We'll do that right, in a minute. Um, <laughs> went to the dash after the game, so I felt good at the end as well. But yes, go on then, Sam. We're going to do some NFL chat before we go. Just briefly, just briefly, just to make me feel a little bit happier, all right? Um, yeah. I am 100% back in the 49ers. Uh, they've been the best team all season. Uh, as much as I like Mahomes and I do like Kelsey, there is absolutely no way I want to see the Chiefs win it again. It'd be nice to see somebody else win. And then hopefully next season, the Jets will acquire Mike Evans in free agency. Aaron Rodgers will come back and we'll be absolutely unreal. But yeah, uh, NFL, NFL segment done. NFL segment done. Everybody, have you tried to convince Sam? Sorry, go on, Neil. For the first time, because I no longer work as a teacher and I can book time off when I want, I can watch the Super Bowl. I love it. Uh, my my week off literally starts that week. So I'm I'm absolutely buzzing. I can't wait. I love it. Ah, you've annoyed the American, Sam. You've annoyed no, the American. Nobody in America likes the Jets. And I, I, I <laughs> obviously clearly picked them for a reason, didn't I? But <laughs> my, only, my only thing with that is, like, if they if they do actually acquire Mike Evans, Mike Evans is a very good wide receiver. If they have two good wide receivers and Aaron Rodgers comes back from his injury, anything like he was at Green Bay last season, he'll actually be really good. And we could be really good. So, yeah, back to Burnley. Um, we should. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, the Montpellier fan, just before we go, the Montpellier fans in the chat again, he says, Esteve played like three games of left-back for us and was solid. Not the type of player who is going to cross a lot, though. Um, well, that, I presume he's going to be centre-back for us, mate, so that that, that shouldn't um, do very, very... That shouldn't be too much of a problem for us. But, um, yeah, always clarity says, Super Bowl live stream, question mark. Probably not. It's a Burnley-centric channel. However, yeah. I have been trying to jokingly convince Sam to do an NFL podcast <laughs> or an NFL YouTube channel, and I genuinely think he should do it. And you should I, start I it, Sam, with uh, a Super Bowl live stream. Mate, do I, I'll help you do it. I'm not into NFL, but I'll help you do it. Mate. You should do an American genuinely. sport one because you've got. I love NBA, so I'll do that side of stuff. You do NFL. Yeah, you do NBA. I'll do MLB. Sam, you do NFL. We'll all just do an American-style podcast. Right, let's do it. Let's start it. <laughs> Mate, then. We'll, we'll we'll discuss it on the WhatsApp. I'm telling you, though, Sam, you need to do, do an NFL podcast. The ball is now officially rolling. <laughs> or bouncing for us. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Fanatez says sorry later Arvel no worries mate I'm ending the stream now so I'll do curling says to me yeah we'll get we'll get Great somebody ball. involved oh uh, everyone got it. Listen, we've got mate, fans already that's it there's, that's an, appetite it. there's an appetite for this lads. You'd, mate you'd have a thousand subs in no time and that's when you start getting money off YouTube so uh, ban uh, him ban him at the bottom yeah, ban him get him off Sam looks like I'm doing it. It, it put Sam's put more effort into this podcast than I'm doing he has in a Burnley shirt this season so get him um, thank you <laughs> but no right Right, I'm gonna right, I'm gonna end it because, um, like I said, I'm going to that Eureka Museum today with with, with fam. Um, so I need to go. Um, yeah, Pace and JJ, I need to right, stop commenting. I'm getting distracted. I'm getting distracted by your comments. Um, but yeah, right. If you were new to the channel or you're late arrival uh, and you want to watch it all back and you and you've come in late, thanks for the stream. Says Suri, love you, Neil. Again, I've been um, distracted. <laughs> um, but yeah, right. I'm gonna, I'm not reading any more comments. Any no more comments. Um, <laughs> If you're putting a comment in now, it's not going to be read out. Um, I'm ending the stream. When I press the end stream button now, the video becomes a standalone video. You can watch it as you want, whenever you want, at your leisure. For the rest of the rest of your life, it stays on the YouTube channel. So uh, you can do that now. And the podcast will be out later today slash tomorrow morning for you to listen to uh, the show on your commute. But thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks to Sam and Neil for coming on the show. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Yes, the one in Halifax, mate. Um, well, it, I'm pretty sure I'll get there, mate. I'm just, it, 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 was it shut at a certain time or something? Um, because the missus will be fuming. And I'm saying that quietly because I'm pretty sure she's upset. Um, but yeah, thanks for the show, says Andy. Au revoir, says the Montpellier fan. Love that. Um, Ginger Alley says, great show, guys. Suey says, thanks for the stream. True Red, even though he's a Forest fan, or he lives in Burnley, so can't let Burnley, says, love you guys. Take care. Great chat as usual. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we will see you next time. <laughs> it's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.